Aguinaldo. Mike McGuire. How are you, sir? Um, I'm all right. How are you? I am a little under the weather. <laughs> you sound yeah. much you sound much better than you did last week, that's for oh, sure. Oh, well, that's also because I'm not on a friggin' headphone headset microphone anymore. <laughs> Holy and the funny thing is, I brought my gear, like I brought my actual recording gear, but for one reason or another, it only worked like a couple times. And one of them, when I was outside the AEW shows in Tirana there, which, by the way, those segments, those interviews <laughs> you did, dude, those are great, man. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. That was like, look, Meltzer's fine. All that stuff, like yeah, the, yeah. you know, the five cat, all that stuff's fine. But that was fun to hear, like some of the reaction of the crowd. Okay, so for those that don't know what we're talking about, first of all, welcome to Tuesday Morning Cook. This is, I will go ahead and say, the most fun Monday Night Raw review on the internet. Hell so yeah! Welcome if you're new, and if you're not new, thanks for coming back. But what Joe's talking about is this past week's episode of Sunday night's main event, the the flagship show of this here podcast network, which I host and broadcast across Canada on TSN radio, but also is available to you here on the internet. And Joe's talking about the segment, which includes testimonials from Toronto fans who attended the (laughs) AEW tapings, who let's just say it was the end of the night. It was well after the show had ended. And yet there were still probably a hundred or 200 of these very, very happy, very mood enhanced fans. <laughs> I was just going to say boisterous. <laughs> we'll just say that, you know, there was probably some performance enhancement going on here. Perhaps. And, <laughs> and some of their testimonials on the experiences were admittedly rather hilarious uh my favorite i think was the guy who was comparing a couple nights of aew action you know a bunch of 34 year old dudes hanging out watching a bunch of old dudes or as old as us dudes (laughs) you know it's really peaceful when you watch them you know beat the hell out of each other oh god (laughs) That guy is my favorite interview of the year so far. Well, and it wasn't just that, but I mean, in the background, you could hear people singing like Judas. Um, I think co- did, cult didn't personality. The Seth, there was yeah. The, didn't the Seth Rollins song come up? We'll there was see. the Seth. So what happened was somebody. I don't know where this guy came from. I don't know if he was in the show and he had just checked it when he went in. But this giant boombox was there, and this dude had it loaded with wrestling music wow so there was everything from real american to the seth rollins theme to uh yeah judas cult of personality uh you name it man it was all going on all night it was it was off the hook but it was um 
you know, I, I made the joke repeatedly, you know, I'm afraid I might witness something. I legitimately thought that they had destroyed uh, part of the, the outside sconce of the Coca-Cola Coliseum. <laughs> and it turns out, no, what happened was one dude suplexed another dude on the concrete. And that's what it sounds. That's the guy that comes up and says, I, I, got, I just got suplexed, suplexed on the concrete. <laughs> By no way, by the way, am I encouraging or endorsing that type of behavior, but it happened. And if it happens to you, hopefully Mike McGuire will be around and, <laughs> and someone talk to him. <laughs> there is more to that. I, I did ask him if he was actually trained and he said yes. And then he said his name and he wanted to be followed. And I'm like, I'm not putting your ass on here to be followed because you went and suplex on a friggin' sidewalk. Oof. No way. Sorry, dude. Nah, I wasn't the dude, dude. But then there was the women, too. I love talking to the women because they're like there with their boyfriends or their husband or significant other. And they're clearly, you know, there's the one girl who was like really excited because she got to see the Dark Order and that was her team. And they named their curly. How how <laughs> Canadian is this? How friggin' Canadian is this? Just cover it in maple syrup. We named our curling team the Dark Order. <laughs> Well, not only that, but oh, like, man. I guess kudos to her because she's like, because I think you'd asked her something along the lines of, you know, like, you know, how, how did how did how was it watching dark matches or something? And she's yeah. like, well, Dark Order was there, so it's great. She was thrilled, like, and they wow. did an eight man tag, so it was all of them except for <laughs> Stu Grayson, who was revealed to be there, but he wasn't there. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, yeah, and I don't know what the story is with him. I guess he, his contract expired, but they brought him back, which good. I mean, the poor guy just got an action figure and then they let his contract expire. I like Steve so, Grayson. I hope they do bring him back. You can. Well, they did. He yeah. was there. He's he's re-signed, I guess. But good. I'm guessing there's also a giant warehouse full of Stu Grayson action figures that need to move for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's push him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's re-sign him so we can at least sell these things. OK, but it's true. Bray Wyatt comes back uh, top five figures at ringsidecollectibles.com uh two of them are bray wyatt oof nice yeah and so, do you have do you have one of these oh i've got yeah i've got both the ones that are on sale okay okay that's cool. um hold on plus got, the plus the firefly funhouse thing and the mask yeah, and the mask and i've got the fiend with the, the land you had to buy this is how they get you you had to buy two figures if you wanted the full-on fiend with the lantern remember the lantern of yeah, Bray's yeah, yeah, head yeah. right oh yeah 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 that thing so yeah. that one came with a separate fiend figure so if you wanted like <laughs> the fiend that had the interchangeable jacket and everything you had to buy that one and then there was the one with the the lantern so i i bought both of them i sold i sold the figure that came with the lantern because i'm like i don't need three fiends you know what i mean um but yeah i uh i kept the lantern from the figure because it's pretty dope nice so just to give uh, ringside collectibles who by the way do not sponsor this show a plug but uh i would like them to someday <laughs> <laughs> i think i've earned it um yeah top three actually so the first one is a really cool cm punk action figure that comes in an ice cream bar package oh and it's the the cm punk first dance ringside exclusives that was the top seller this week and then bray wyatt the Elite 85, and then The Fiend from Top Picks 2021. So a figure that's over a year old now is the number three selling figure. 
through this company. So wow, wow. Yeah. And then number six is Firefly Funhouse, which is the one I have with the uh, the puppets over there. So oh, welcome, ba- welcome yeah. back, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Well, that's just it, man. I'm telling you, Stu Grayson. That's why they're doing it. <laughs> no offense to the guy, talented guy, sure, but let's face it, we got a lot of Stu Grayson figures lying around. We got to move them for some reason. So let's bring them back. All right. How's Joe? All right. Yeah. 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 Just all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, you miss me, don't you? I do. Yeah. No, it's yeah. been, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting couple of days. So are you, are you riddled with guilt for how soon we forget our criminal ways, Mr. Aguinaldo. Okay. So picture it. Taranta Friday night. Oh yeah. Friday night. That's my, uh, Matt Menard impression, by the way. Oh yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't too bad. Come get a taste. Get a taste. Anyway, it's Friday night. I text Joe saying, look, man, it's my last night here. I got to fly out Saturday. Do you want to get together or not? And Joe makes the time to come and find my ass in downtown Toronto. And we go out for noodles. And what was the name of the place? Do you remember the name of the place we went to? For the life of me, I do not. Oh, God. <laughs> I know it started with an M. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, it's one of the many noodle places that's not. What was the name of that other place? More than noodles or whatever? No, not just noodles. Not just noodles. So we didn't go to not just noodles. We probably should have. But we decided to walk up the street a bit and we found this other place. And we go and we get noodles. And, and uh, Joe got some dumplings as well. Good for you. And then we uh, we decide to, uh, you know, partake in the, the chopsticks they give you, which are really nice for restaurant chopsticks. They're not just the cheap kind of rounded square ones. They're like these funky pointy ones and the handles on them, like the, the back end of them. They got this kind of cool texturing that makes them easier to grip and they, they look kind of neat. And, you know, maybe if I had the, the high the no fun button or whatever I could, you know, stick them in there and have them shooting out the side of my head. But I mentioned to Joe, I'm like, these chopsticks are amazing. A lesser me would probably take these home with me. And that's where the chain of sin would be forged. Because I say to Joe, no, 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 I will not. Take these chopsticks from this small business, from this, this restaurant that's, that's slugging it out in Toronto, trying to just, just make an honest buck, selling us noodles and dumplings. I am not going to take from their supply of restaurant grade chopsticks. Not me. Mm -mm. Yes, I do love these chopsticks, but I'm not taking them. Nope. Nada. Zip. I do believe it was out of respect, if nothing else. True respect. So anyway, as I look over at Joe, I'm watching him through the course of the meal. And she comes and takes our plates and she takes our glasses and whatever else. And eventually it's like, you know, all together or whatever. And Joe was very nice enough to pick up the bill. But what Joe is also doing is very coyly lining up the chopsticks on his table side next to him and putting his arm over them underneath his hoodie 
and then proceeds to, with the stealth of a four-year-old on cocaine, manages to hide them (laughs) out of sight and removes them from the restaurant just to, quote, surprise me with them afterwards, which I appreciated the gesture. I also appreciated the fact that all you did to clean them off was wipe them off with your fingers. What else am I going to do? It's not it's not like I had dish soap (laughs) or a wipe. So Joe hands me his used chopsticks from his mouth and says, here you go, bud. And I was like, oh, thank you. This is super weird. And then I took them home. I have them. Uh, here. They're now here with me. So, and and for the life of me, I still cannot figure out the name of this place. I'm trying to look it really? up because we're talking about this. Well, did you look up Not Just Noodles? I did, but it's it's like like I'm looking at Not Just Noodles. I found it, but yeah. I'm looking north of Young Street, which is where we were. Yeah, and I cannot find the name of it. No, I thought we nor- it's uh, it's. It was north of I, Young and Wellesley. I, I know, I know where, I know where it is, but I, it's not, it's not actually online anywhere so i'm just kind of like what the hell what are you talking about i'm looking at it right now it's uh it's not the chick-fil-a obviously <laughs> no definitely on. not where's where's not just noodles i thought i was looking at it wasn't it uh mogoyan hand-pulled noodles no that no? that's the thing it's not that that's what i thought it was but it's not that one. Oh. so anyways we'll figure it out was it past Blur Street? No, 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 no. It was it was south of Blur Street? Okay. I remember because like we the we well so for those of you who live in Toronto, we parked at Young and Wellesley, and we're like, okay, let's go north. We see not just noodles, and we're like, let's just keep going north. And for those of you that don't live in Toronto, this is really friggin' boring, and we understand. <laughs> but bottom line is, we saw a place, and we're like, all right, let's go there. Um, and actually, yeah, to be fair, it was a really the food was pretty good. But yeah. I can't. Yeah, I can't find it on on the map here. Are you on Google? I am on Google Maps right now. Okay, there's Rock Variety Rock Shop. What was the? Oh, is it Miss Fu in Chengdu? No, that's not it. No, that's not it. But I remember. Oh, okay. It, it was wasn't. Right... It didn't start with an M. It started with an S. It was Xin Yi. Oh, maybe Xin Yi Seafood and Dumplings. Is that the one like right beside of Popeyes? Uh, n- uh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, it was that's Xin Yi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shinyi handmade dumplings. This is a shout out to them. Very, very good food. Very cool chopsticks. Tell them we sent you. (laughs) And by we, I mean me, John Pollock, and my co host, Wei Ting. (laughs) Told you to go. (laughs) Told you to go (laughs) steal the chopsticks from Shinyi. Oh, that's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I actually met John face to face for the first time. That was kind of neat. John's John John and Way are, are good guys. I've, yeah, I've known I, them for a while. Yeah, see, I I've never met, I've talked to them on email a couple times and stuff like that, yeah. but never. Anyways, that was kind of neat. But uh, yeah, he was at the Rampage tapings. Right on. I'm not sure who he's there with, but uh, yeah, he just literally popped out, and I'm in my photo taking spot, and I'm like, "Hey, you're John Pollock," and he had no idea who I was, which is fair. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm the guy that took over Jason's show. He's like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And then, you know, it became the awkward. I'm looking for a guy. And I was like, okay, well, off you go. See you later. And that was it. But, uh, yeah. Met a lot of uh, SNME radio listeners, too. At nice. The, uh, at the tapings. So that was kind of neat. 
And by all means, if you listen to the show and, and you know who I am, please come up and say hello because my fragile ego needs to know that people actually listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh, boy. I should also stress that, yes, I am sick. It's a chest cold. I have tested twice now. I am not COVID positive. I am just uh, coffee and um, congesty. and chesty you know that that chest throat thing yeah 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 Yeah, and i think it has to do with the fact that when i left toronto it was like super nice and then i came back here and it was like four degrees oh yeah you posted that you went for a run at like one degree celsius or something yeah the next morning the next morning yeah that's the old back of the pack club out and we went for a little run ski nice oh i mean i'm not i'm not looking the run it's just one degree holy heck but anyway. yeah, that, that, that can be painful. So, and that was actually part of the, the coaching that day is I, I talked about how, and this is true, you know, this, if you're outdoors and you're used to running in one climate, cold weather can actually be harder, which it is because the air is actually kind of heavier getting into your body because it's, I, I don't know how it works exactly, but it is, it's, it's like more dense as you go in until your body warms up to the point that it can counteract it. You're breathing harder. So there's your uh, there's your breathing tip for today, friends, from a guy that's not medically trained. <laughs> what else can we? Uh, we've admitted to petty theft and uh, plugged the other guys. <laughs> uh, what else have we done? Here? I don't know. I'm packing. I'm packing my place. Look at it. Doesn't look like I've packed anything. Yeah, I was. I was actually going to mention. Wait, oh, there we those, go. See those boxes there? Oh my god! Yeah. Holy- crap i'm boxing up the uh the action figure collection it's it's sad man it 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 is but that's also a scary looking proposition nah it's cool man because i've got these boxes that are the perfect size for each shelf okay so these are going to be literally packed and then unpacked in the proper order when i get to wherever i'm going right so nice yeah yeah i'm pretty excited i want to do this last time i moved and it didn't quite work out that way Right, but this way it's going to work out perfectly, and I'm I'm very excited because, yeah, that's and, still a lot of that's still a lot of stuff, though, dude. Oh yeah, no, I'm <laughs> I'm screwed. I'm av- I move at the end of the month, and I have both weekends I'm booked for things. Oof. Okay. I'm ring announcing boxing this weekend. That's the show where Butterbean is going to be there. Oh wow. Okay. And I I got to figure out a way to talk to him about Brawl for All in in a way that hasn't been done before. So, basically, I'm going to talk to him about anything else but Brawl for All. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know. What else do you talk to the guy about, though, if you're a wrestling fan, right? Like, yeah. Anyway, and then uh, the following weekend, uh, it looks like I'm heading out to Calgary. So, yeah. And then the following Monday is the last day of the month, a.k.a. Halloween. So, I got, like, literally nine days to get my entire place packed up. Oof. I know. I know, but honestly, those those shelves now that I have this system figured out, uh, maybe maybe fifteen minutes a shelf. It's I was too- supposed to be packing more of them during raw tonight, but I got busy doing other things. So yeah, <laughs> well, including watching the show, but then including like trying to pick what graphics I wanted to use for the slide tonight and everything. Because I mean, so much happened on this show. There was a lot going on in this show. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I could follow all of it because it was just there was a lot we talked about this on 
the All Elite Weekly podcast last week when you had me in. Uh, there's just a ton going on. A ton going on on these wrestling shows now. So good luck following along. It, you know what, though? It's, it's, it's funny you say that because even though there was a lot going on in this Raw, um, I, I still thought it was a little... Like I, I thought it was difficult, more difficult noting out the dynamite show than this raw. Well, because dynamite even goes like ten times faster than this raw did. Yeah, exactly. Like they, at least you know what, you know what they do. Dynamite is a three-hour raw jammed into two hours. Right. That's what dynamite is. Yeah. It's all the stuff just jammed into two hours. <laughs> no time to breathe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But whatever. I mean, like I said in the the show this week. I don't know if you listen to my little uh, Jerry Springer moment at the end of the episode, but you know, I, I kind of had this revelation that this, this stupid, my wrestling is better than your wrestling thing. What's the point? Yeah. What's the yeah. point? It's wrestling. Let's have fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do here. Should we, should we do the thing? Uh, let's do the thing, Joe. Let's go on a trip. Let's go on a trip. Joe, we are headed to the Paycom Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. There were 352 tickets remaining out of a 6,224-person setup. That means the tickets distributed, according to WrestleTix, is 5,872. Again, a virtual near sellout, but not quite as close to margins as we've seen in other shows, but still not bad. Still nope. not bad at all. Also, before we get into this, shout out to uh, Greg Feltham from the Smack Daddies because he was actually at the show tonight. Did he post any photos ever? I didn't see any. Yeah, me um, either. Come on, and Greg. It was, and it was weird because every time I asked him, hey, how's this going? He's like, oh, I'm in the merch line. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting himself one of them Judgment Day t-shirts. <laughs> oh, God. We no, know please. you are, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies, Miles Kennedy. <sighs> okay, so Joe is again going to take us through the show this week because I was packing and doing other things and trying not to hack my brains out. So, Joe, take us into the show. Actually, take us into the very odd beginning of Monday Night Raw. Yes. So, the, after the opening sizzler, it goes right into a Bobby Lashley promo. In fact, it was like they caught him in mid line or something, but in essence, he's, he calls out Brock Lesnar to the ring. He says, Brock, you have an issue with me. Let's fight about it. I uh, says, bring it out here and let's fight for these people in Oklahoma. Um, cue Brock's music. He comes out. All right. And Brock comes out. Um, they both charge each other as Lashley climbs out of the ring. Brock gets an early advantage, slamming Lashley into the ring apron and into the ring post. Uh, he tries for an F five, but Lashley throws Brock, uh, into the post. And then he spears Lesnar through the barricade. And then like every official and like Cedric Alexander and Chad Gable and a whole bunch of wrestlers come out for this giant pull apart. Now um, this lasted for a bit, but Lashley escaped and he hit another spear on Brock on the announce table. And then he picked up Brock and slammed him onto the announce table, totally taken out the announce table. We have a Bobby chant. And that was the opening segment. Um, we come back to the announcers. 
um, who, by the way, I thought were on point for that whole segment because throughout describing the action, they also talked about sort of this, the history of what's gone on between Lashley and Lesnar over the week. I thought it was good work. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, that was the opening segment and we go to break. Shout out to Kevin Patrick, by the way, who has found some mojo since his debut last week, which Again, you got to give a pass. It's his first time ever being commentator on Monday. Oh Night yeah, Night. for for sure. I thought, you know what? He's he's just going to get better. I thought he was pretty good tonight, and he'll get better as we move forward. Um, all right, so we hit uh, segment two, and they do a recap of what just happened between Lashley and Lesnar. The announce table's a mess. It's all over the place. Um, uh, uh, Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick they uh, uh, introduce the show, Paycom Center in Oklahoma City. Um, they go through a quick recap of the OC returning, uh, and they will be up against Alpha Academy tonight. We have uh, Dexter Loomis versus The Miz, and if Loomis wins, he gets a WWE contract. Uh, they're going to do a look back on Bray Wyatt's return to SmackDown, and in our main event, we have Seth, <laughs> we have Seth Rollins defending the U.S. title against Matt Riddle. You know what uh, I love is that for the last week and a half now of WWE TV, it's been recaps of what Bray Wyatt did on the last show. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. So on Raw, it was his return segment at the pay-per-view. And then on SmackDown, he did his thing. But then on Raw, it was a recap of what he did on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what are they going to do next week now? <laughs> but here's, he- the, here's the thing, though. This was something that that radio has subscribed to lately, at least in some markets, is that they will actually recycle entire segments within hours of themselves because they figure not everybody's watching the whole time. And the argument has been that if the content is that good, why only do it once? And it's not like everybody's listening all the time. And it's not like everybody watched SmackDown either. So I get it. Unless you're a diehard fan that watched both shows, then you probably appreciated this. But if you did watch both shows and you don't want to watch it again, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but this has been WWE's MO for a while now anyways, right? But, but so. it's good content, though. It's yeah. Bray Wyatt. It's the most interesting thing going on. One of the most interesting things going on, I guess. I don't know. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm not totally against it. It's just kind of funny that they're, they're subscribing to. Here's what Bray Wyatt did on the other show. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so this starts off uh, the opening match. It's the OC with AJ Styles versus the Alpha Academy. Um, During the uh, OC's entrance, they recapped what happened between uh, them and Judgment Day from last week. Kind of back to your point about WWE recapping Mm -hmm. stuff. All right. So uh, Gable and Anderson start the match with Anderson getting the quick advantage with some clotheslines and some elbows. Uh, Otis and Gallows tag in and Gallows works over Otis in the corner, uh, knocking him down with a big boot. Uh, Anderson tags in, but Otis knocks him down. Uh, and this is where the uh, Gable and uh, sorry, Gable and Otis get the advantage working over Anderson uh, in the ring uh, as we go to our second break. <laughs> Can right. I just say that I could watch Gallows and Otis wrestle all the time? And that's a match that I didn't know I wanted until I saw those two in the ring and outside of the ring, which I'm sure you'll get to in the yeah, next segment. Yeah. Please continue. All right, cool. So segment three back from break uh, Gable and Otis still have the advantage working over Anderson. 
Um, Otis goes for a Vader bomb, but Anderson rolls out of the way and he makes the tag to Gallows as Otis tags in Gable. Um, Gallows hits a bunch of elbow smash or no, sorry. He hits an elbow smash on Gable in the corner and he kicks both Gable and Otis. Uh, he hits a pump handle slam on uh, Gable and tags in Anderson. The OC go for a magic killer, but Otis breaks that up, uh, allowing Gable to get a Northern Lights on Anderson for a two count. Now on the outside, as we were saying, Gallows and Otis are, are fighting and Gallows throws Otis into the ring steps, basically taking him out of the match. Guys, this um, is amazing. This is amazing. If nothing else, go back and watch Raw for this moment where Gallows throws <laughs> throws Otis into the steps and Otis rolls like the boulder from Raiders of the Lost Ark from the steps into the barricade. I thought, dear God, is he ever selling being thrown in the steps very, very well? Because it was like, that's what he want. Okay. Whether you like love or hate Gallows, he's a big muscly dude. And he just took a big, thick dude who looks like a boulder to begin with and turned him into a bowling ball, bouncing him off steel steps. It looked great. It was it was a very good spot. Actually, I I, I enjoyed this match, but let's uh, getting to the end of it. Uh, eventually, uh, Anderson and Gallows get the magic killer on Chad Gable for the pin and the win. Yes. Um, so good match. But then suddenly, once again, the melodious tones of Judgment Day come. <laughs> Judgment Day's music comes out. And oh, God, here come the Judgment Day. All right. <laughs> um. Uh, Finn uh, comes out, he mocks the too sweet thing, says it's the same old crap and that nobody's seen that before. Too um, sweet, too sweet, too sweet, too sweet, too sweet. Oh, God. <laughs> For life. Um, Damien Priest says, uh, you think you accomplished something great last week, um, but the only thing you accomplished uh, is getting cooked by the judgment day <laughs> um finn says he was the one that started this stupid little club he says i made you and i could break you and we're here to challenge you to a match not 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 tonight but at crown jewel aj jumps in he says first of all we accept second he says i can't understand why everyone does this this is monday night raw you're standing there we're in the ring let's do this right here right now unless you're unless you three boys need to ask your mother's permission Ooh. All right, then Dom pipes in. <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna spoil this now. I did not prepare a Mysterio Peace Theater for this evening. I apologize. I didn't think I could pull it off with my sickness because what you guys don't hear is me hacking my lungs out every time Joe's talking. So please. <laughs> All right, Dom. And I'm not going to even attempt this, but he says, yeah. you, shut, you shut your mouth unless you want to be like, or you want me, you want to be like my dad and run to the other brand with your tail between your legs because you can't hang with the judgment day. You can't hang. <laughs> Dom knots, ladies and gentlemen. Dom knots. <laughs> AJ says you're cool when you're standing next to the Judgment Day, but you're a piece of trash. You're a little Ooh. punk, and since you want to run your mouth, why don't you and I step in this ring and handle business? Rhea says Dominic is going to rip you limb from limb, and then Dom basically says, "Yeah, I'm going to rip you limb from limb." But not um, right now. I don't have my gear. This is legit. <laughs> what he said. I remember that part. 
I'll be ready to mop the floor with you in an hour or so. <laughs> he, and he actually said that too. I love. Um, oh, I'm not thinking of Dom Nazi anymore. I'm thinking of uh, Michael Richards in UHF, the Weird Al movie. It's like I, I got a really good mop. <laughs> That's a deep cut for any Weird Al fan. Very, there. very deep cut. I love because um, you know, life is like a mop. <laughs> All right, so AJ says, get your gear. I'm going to do something your father should have done. I'm going to beat the piss out of you. And ladies and gentlemen, that will be too sweet. Um, they, announced that, they announced that Seth Rollins is coming up next as we go to break. Okay, hold on. I have to, I have to play this clip for those that don't understand the reference. I found the uh, Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse Life is Like a Mop speech. So if you will indulge me, Joe... And a dear sweet listener out there, uh, this is from the Weird Al Yankovic movie from the, I want to say, late 80s. And Michael Richards plays a janitor who gets his own children's TV show. And uh, basically, he, he gives this rousing, <laughs> amazing speech uh, comparing life to that of a mop. This is my new mop. George, my friend, he gave me this mop. It's a pretty good mop. It's not as good as my first mop. I miss my first mop. But this is still a good mop. Sometimes you just have to take what life gives you. Because life is like a mop. And sometimes life gets full of dirt and crud and bugs and hairballs and stuff. You, you, you've got to clean it out. You, 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 you got to put it in here and rinse it off and start all over again. And... And sometimes, sometimes life sticks to the floor so bad, you know, a mop, a mop, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. You, you got to get down there like with a toothbrush, you know, and you got to, you got to really scrub the other night. You got to get it off. You got to really try to get it off. But if that doesn't work, if that doesn't work, you can't give up. You got to, you got to stand right up. You, you got to run to a window and say, hey, these floors are dirty as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> thank you for indulging that <laughs> uhf available to view somewhere do it yes there you go um all right where are we at seg four so we see a recap of uh the lashley seth match from last week uh and we also see that you know where lashley gets beat up by brock lesnar and out comes Seth Rollins in a very red suit uh, with a microphone. So red. Very red. Uh, gets in the ring. He says, welcome to Monday Night Rollins. He does the visionary, revolutionary Seth freaking Rollins introduction. And he says, I am your new United States champion. Um, for those who doubted me, the haters, those who turned your back on me, uh, you can kiss my big, beautiful red behind. And for... For all the folks out there who had my back and who believed in me, do what you've done and sing my song. And so I was packing while he said this promo and I wasn't really looking at the screen. So I didn't know he was wearing the red suit. Right. So when I heard him say, kiss my big, beautiful red behind, I was like, is he a baboon? Does he have a problem? <laughs> like, is this... <laughs> so no, 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 condition, not a baboon. <laughs> condition that poor Seth Rollins is trying to overcome right now oh my oh, gosh God. <laughs> well and, and again the promo that like like you said the promo doesn't work unless you actually see the visual so yeah 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 but whatever. all right 
He says, uh, he continues on. He says, tonight's a historic night because it's the first title defense and what we, what will become the greatest U.S. championship run of all time. Uh, because in the main event, I'm going to wipe the mat with Matt Riddle's face and I'm going to clear up the miscommunication that was extreme rules. And then this starts a you tapped out chant. Um, Seth says, I may have tapped out when Riddle had me in the triangle sleeper, but that was strategic. I did that for you because two days after Extreme Rules, <laughs> I had to be in the best condition and beat Bobby Lashley to become your U.S. champion. I tapped out for you. I did it for the rock. <laughs> all right. And uh, all of a sudden, Mustafa Ali's music comes out and here he comes. He's, he's, on, he's got a mic and he says, first of all, congratulations on becoming the new U.S. champion. Um, I was waiting for you to give a shout out to Brock for the assist, but hey, if you don't mention it, I won't either. Um, what I do want to mention is that the former champion, Bobby Lashley, promised me that I was next in line for a championship opportunity, but I get it. Things change. Champions change, but my challenge remains the same. Uh, I want to fight you and I want to fight for that U- U.S. championship. Um, so Seth says, do I look like Bobby Lashley? Sorry, pal. You're gonna have to get back, get to the back of the line. I gotta focus on Riddle tonight. You got two options. You can stay out here and party with us, or you can skedaddle your way back out of my ring because you don't belong in this ring with me. Um, Mustafa grabs Seth's glasses. And he says, "Nah, it's not going down like that. You may be Seth freaking Rollins, but what you're staring at is your next freaking problem. I want to fight." Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, Seth says he appreciates what Ali is trying to do, says that uh, Ali is one of the best performers in the ring and that he's even a better human being outside the ring because he helps guys in the back. He's a great friend. And as he's saying that, he hits Mustafa and throws him out of the ring. (laughs) Uh, Mustafa comes up from behind. He tries to go after Seth, but uh, Seth goes for a throat shot and uh, throws Mustafa into the ring post as Seth leaves the ringside area. Yeah. Then- <laughs> I checked out on this at this point because it's just going on and on and on. Oh, yeah. On. Yeah. I, and, and like, I really cut back on that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know you did. But <laughs> so uh, then they, they show a shot of the, uh, the garage. And here comes JBL's limo pulling up as we go to break. It's the man! It's the man! No, not uh, Vicky Lynch, the other man. The other man. The wrestling Here. god. Come on, man. All right. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, talk, talk, talking about segments that went on forever, but we'll get there. Um, okay. <laughs> Segment five, outcome damage control. We have Candice LeRae and Bianca Belair versus Kai and Sky. It's better when I actually play the real music, right? This is, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right, Kai and Sky. Enter the arena. (laughs) Indeed. All right, and then we got Bailey on commentary. So we've got EO Sky and Candice LeRae starting off. Um, Sky's got some, getting some early ground and pound, but LeRae gets some arm drags and a drop kick. Uh, Bianca tags in. She hits a moonsault off the ropes. Dakota tags in and gets the advantage, uh, but Bianca tags Candice and they double drop kick and they hit a double drop kick on Kai and Sky. Um, Candice hits a sliding kick on Sky, but eventually, um, sorry, 
Candace gets a sliding kick on Sky. Bianca throws Dakota out. Candace gets a dive, and we go to break. All right, segment okay, who, six. Who wins? Okay, let's get to who wins. Uh, segment. Lots of stuff happened. Blah 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 blah. Okay, so the end. <laughs> the end of the match. Bailey goes to grab a kendo stick. Bianca stops her, um, and throws Bailey into the announce table. But this allows Kyan Sky to get a double slam on Candice for the pin. And there we go. There, there we, go. we go. Okay. No then disrespect we, to the match, guys, but honestly, there was, there was, there was a lot of stuff going you on. You saw it coming anyways, right? Yeah. So. yeah. Um, okay. So we go backstage. Kathy Kelly is uh, talking to Matt Riddle, asking him to respond to Seth's comments. Kathy R- Kelly with her amazing rainbow hair, by the way. Yes, that was actually very impressive. Um, she looks handsome. She looks smart. She is a walking work of art with her hairdo of many colors. <laughs> She loves her hair of many colors. It Um, was red and yellow and brown and green. (laughs) What show is that from? I have no clue. Joseph (laughs) and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Come on, man. I have no concept of any of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, you lack culture. Joe Joe Aguinaldo, you lack culture. Dude, I watch wrestling. (laughs) So do I. (laughs) And I have no, actually, I, I, I I freely admit I have no culture. So, you know, you got to do, you got to spend more time in Lebranski's backyard. Like I did. No, (laughs) I got culture. All right. All right. So uh, Riddle responds. He says that he's come to Seth Lake. Like, and he, (laughs) my God, he welcome to Seth Lake. They say bad things happen here at night. They say Seth drowned in the lake, and every year around this time, he comes back for revenge against the teenagers who are responsible for letting him drown. See, that would have been a better promo than the one Seth, Seth said, or Riddle said, because he basically compared Seth to a cheap hoverboard, uh, which is uh, yeah. which is a lot of fun, but it overheats and it sets your house on fire. Um, he says Seth can make any excuse he wants, but I expose him in the fight pit. I'm going to beat his ass bad. Um. Okay, then Riddle sees Ali in the back, and he says, hey, if I win the U.S. championship, you get the opportunity you deserve. And then all of a sudden, we hear someone yelling, and oh, look, it's Miz. And it looks like he has slipped and is injured uh, because of an incompetent high school janitor (laughs) can't do his job. It doesn't look like he has slipped. It looks like he is sitting on the ground and has pissed himself. Okay, that's because it. there's water allegedly all over the place, but the floor is like a weird orangey color, so it just it, <laughs> it, it honestly looked like he was sitting in a puddle of his own pee pee. Anyway, um, Miz asks him to get some help. He's like, "Get me an EMT, get me a trainer." Uh, Matt and Ali walk off screen as we go to break. All right, uh, segment seven. We come back with a. The first of a few NXT pick your poison vignettes for uh, the NXT show tomorrow night. Um, then we're in the back with Judgment Day. Um, Finn and, and Damian Priest are, are, are kind of you know giving Dom a pep, pep talk as Cora Jade comes out uh, and she talks to Rhea. Uh, Cora Jade says we're doing pick your poison matches. Roxy has chosen uh, Raquel Rodriguez to face me but I still need to pick something for Roxy and I couldn't come up with anyone as ruthless and as dominating as you. Rhea basically says, yeah, I wouldn't mind putting Roxy down and she's in. Yeah. (laughs) 
It was, I was kind of hoping she would say no, though, just based on who she is. Yeah, I was, I was kind of worried like, about that. So you want me to go to NXT and take on Roxanne Perez and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I would love if she said, nah. nah. <laughs> but then she's like, sure, I'll do it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Why not? Okay. Oh, man, I don't even want to go through this. But all right, here we go. JBL comes out. Uh, Why don't you want to go through this? <laughs> What's it's, wrong with this? I'll admit, like it wasn't a bad promo. Actually, let me go through this, and we'll then we'll talk about it. All right. So JBL, you know, comes you out. know what you need, you know what you need, Joe. You need motivation. You need some inspiration for this. So I want you to go ahead. I, I see it behind you there. I want you to grab your big white Stetson. Okay. I want you to throw it on your your beautiful hair drapes. Okay. And uh, just. <laughs> Embrace your inner wrestling god. <laughs> All right, so JBL comes out. He says it takes a momentous occasion for a wrestling god to come to the WWE. And he says that he has an announcement that will shake the very foundation of Monday Night Raw. The very foundation of Monday Night Raw. Then he says, before I make that announcement, I need to say something from the bottom of my heart. I apologize for doing this in Oklahoma. You got to be kidding me. The great state is right there south of the Red River and you trailer park living hillbillies don't have the common sense to leave. But wait, (laughs) you did a couple weeks ago in the Red River shootout where God bless Texas put up half a hundred points on the boomer idiots. Actually, I thought that was funny. Um, (laughs) As much as I would love to stand out here and bash Oklahoma, because I really despise the state and every one of you, I've got some great news. Rey Mysterio has left Monday Night Raw. Dominic has figured out what we knew decades ago, that Rey Mysterio is one of the worst human beings on the planet. Oh, he also called him a deadbeat dad. I I forgot that part. Uh, He wears a mask because he's ashamed of himself, but that void has created the greatest trade since the Bambino came to the Bronx. (laughs) Get on your sweat hog feet, put your fat redneck hands together and welcome the greatest addition to Monday Night Raw. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, the one, the only, the amazing... It's probably sitting at home watching the show. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> no, it was actually Mr. Baron Corbin. <laughs> oh. I'm still playing the music. All right. So as Baron Corbin comes out, his ring gear tonight was horrendous. I loved it. I <laughs> loved it. He looked like when your mom or a relative that can't sew that well, but can sew well enough. You told them, like, I want to be Seth Rollins for Halloween. (laughs) And he came to the ring in this oversized vest thing that looked at least three sizes too big for him. Well, and and it had like, like, it was like skin color on the sides or something. (laughs) It's just like, what is going on here? Oh, man. Giant Gonzalez, eat your heart out. JBL continues on. He says, uh, this man is three times the size of Rey Mysterio and the dominance of Baron Corbin starts tonight. 
I asked for competition and what WWE gave us was a former world champion and a former money in the bank winner. They say, they say Dolph Ziggler stole the show, but he's been stealing money from this company for 15 years. And if he was in the attitude area, he wouldn't have made the cut. In fact, if this roster was in the attitude era, the only way they would have enjoyed the show is if they bought a ticket and celebrated the stars like him. <laughs> this is a star that would be champion in any generation. Tonight starts the Monday Night Raw emergence of the modern day wrestling god. <laughs> All right. And then Dolph I don't know Ziggler. why you're so down on this because I thought JBL was on friggin' point tonight. And I know people don't like him, but that's his job, first of all. Secondly, dude was on fire. Wait till we get to the match. No, no. It, here's the thing. I've just never been a JBL fan or a okay. Baron Corbin fan. But uh, that's supposed to be. No, 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 no. But that said, I appreciate like the whole Oklahoma, Texas thing. I thought total heat. Well, it's cheap. You know, yeah, that's easy. No, but. no, no. But but even this part about the attitude era, I thought, man, that's that's going to cut deep with some of the younger fans. I thought yeah. that was really good. I just I'm not a fan of these guys. That's all. So, that's fair. Anyways, Dolph Ziggler comes out and gets in the ring as we go to break. All right. So segment eight, we start the match off. Um, wow. I'm not going to go move for move here, but basically. You don't have to. No, no, no. Not no. At all. Basically, Corbin got a lot of the beginning of this match. Um, you know, d- during this segment, you know, Ziggler, we get a couple of hope spots here and there. Um, at one point, he was raking Corbin's eyes on the rope. Um, but Corbin got the advantage back with a like a, a reverse suplex and a huge lariat that sent uh, Dolph from the ring. Um, and Corbin threw him into the ring steps. That's when we went to the next break. You could say it was almost like a clothesline from H-E double hockey sticks. Almost. Almost. Um, now, that said, I, I will admit JBL. Actually, JBL, Corey Graves, and Kevin Patrick during this entire match were good on the mic. I love the fact where Corey was like, look at this guy. There's no, like, he's not sweating. Like, you know, no doubt. <laughs> JBL mm-hmm. is just like, you know, this is a generational star. This is like, you know, he, he, he could, he could be a star anywhere at any time. My so, favorite part of the night is when he just would be relentless on Kevin Patrick. He'd call him Shamrock the whole night. And the line I love the most was, <laughs> You know, hiring you is like losing five good men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So again, good. I, 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 I have like JBL is very good in this role. Very, yeah. very yeah. good heel. I'm not yeah. denying that. All right, I'm not so, saying I need to see it every week, but it was just it was nice to have just that jerk character back and and yeah. him, and be flawless. You know what I mean? Like. He wasn't even trying. It just no, it no. flows out of him naturally. So well, it, it, and not only that, but he wasn't even trying to be a cool, quote unquote, cool heel. No, he was just he was just there to like be a jerk and like he, he had these great one liners, well. but it wasn't like Jerry Lawler where he tries to set it up. You know what I mean? It was no, just like, no, no. It just just came naturally, yeah. so it was awesome. Anyway, go on. All right, segment nine. Back from break. Uh, Corbin's getting some ground and pound on Ziggler. Um, during this part of the match, Ziggler did get a little bit of offense, but again, for the most part, this was a Baron Corbin showcase, um, end of the match, sees Ziggler setting up for a super kick, but Corbin gets the end of days for the pin and the win. That's it. That's it. Poor Dolph Ziggler. So much for his push. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we go backstage and Miz is with a trainer, uh, and he's saying, Oh, is my knee shattered? Do I need surgery? 
Um, Byron Saxon comes in. He says, uh, hey, you know, are you going to be able to face Dexter Loomis tonight? Um, and then, <laughs> then he says a number of the custodial staff say they saw Miz spill water on the floor and sit on it. And then they claim that Miz set up the wet floor sign and they checked the custodial records. They, they even have that. And they said that the floor hasn't been mopped since last night. Can you imagine for a second <laughs> in the NFL, if somebody had slipped in a hallway and, and like twisted an ankle and all of a sudden like a team's lost their like star receiver or whatever. Right. Could you imagine them? talking about well you know jim we conducted interviews with the custodial staff and we found out that uh, none of them actually saw the water being poured down there until uh, the player went and did it himself and uh, you know we took a further deep dive into the custodial records and understand that uh, aaron has that down on the field for us now that's right thank you very much we have the custodial records here and we can see like can you imagine for a second this is actually happening in real life <laughs> you can't it's pro wrestling oh, man god <laughs> The custodial records. <laughs> that was funny, though. And all I could picture is that thing in the bathroom <laughs> that, you know, you go to McDonald's or Tim Hortons or something. And and it's just like that one that's always just randomly initialed. And you look around and you're like, yeah, that person just signed their initials five times. And got yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, Miz is mad that he's being accused of staging this. Uh, he says he's injured, you know, that he's he's got a law, uh, lawsuit on his hands. And then suddenly someone yells, oh, my God, it's Dexter Loomis. And Miz jumps off the table. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Byron says, I guess you can face Dexter Loomis. And then Miz says, yes, my superior DNA allowed me to heal faster than a normal human being. And that's unfortunate for he who shall not be named because he's the one who will be injured tonight. Uh, and then coming up. Oh, sorry. I should mention that the person that yelled, oh, my God, it's Dexter Loomis was Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Um, who was in the doorway. Um, all right. So coming up, we have the return of Bray Wyatt on SmackDown uh, as we go to. Let me break. Okay. Segment 10 back from break. We have a uh, backstage promo with Omos and MVP. Uh, MVP says, let me make this very clear. I'm not here to disparage Braun Strowman. Braun! <laughs> uh, he says that the very, uh, the very mention of Braun Strowman strikes fear in ordinary men. But this gentleman standing to my right is far from ordinary. He's the personification of the word extraordinary. Yeah. Um, so this Friday, we're going to SmackDown. And the Nigerian giant is going to walk to Braun Strowman. And look down on him and make sure the so-called monster of all monsters understands the Nigerian giant fears no man. Monsters aren't real, but giants are. And so for those that missed it last week on SmackDown, and SmackDown is going to tell you about it, uh, MVP and Omos showed up in the crowd while Braun was having a match in the ring. So, you know, I, I don't mind this being a thing. I see this probably being a Survivor Series match. Yeah. Unless they do it at Crown Jewel, but yeah, I think that's the Survivor Series. That would seem a little rushed, um, you know. But then again, who, who knows? <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Uh, up next, we get the recap of Bray Wyatt's promo on SmackDown. Um, I didn't really note a lot of this out. I figure the Smack Daddies covered this, but you know, as a real quick summary, he talks about losing his career and his confidence. 
Uh, he, he talks about, or people, yeah, he talks about people asking when he's going to come home uh, and how he felt at times things he did in WWE was meaningless, but he thanks the crowd for saving his life. And then that's when he gets cut off and you get some staticky looking TV going. So um, your thoughts on this return or I like promo, it, man, I like it. I'm, I'm, I've always been a Bray guy though. I've said that before on the show and I'm going to continue to say it. I, I dig the dude. I want to see what happens with it. it. It might start to suck. Who knows? But for now I'm all in to see what happens next. I am. I'm very intrigued. And yeah. what I did see of that promo, I was very impressed. Like it did feel part of it felt real and I wouldn't be shocked if it, some of it was, but um, you know, I, I think I, I would say this with Dan on the all the weekly podcast, like, Usually the good stuff is when you sort of use the reality to push the work. Exactly. And I think this is a, this is, this is an exact, you know, sort of thing for that. So yeah, very curious to see what happens, but I will also admit, you know, how many times have we seen a really good Bray Wyatt return? And then a couple of weeks later, you're kind of like, mm, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't think they're going to screw this one up though. I think I, I hope plans. not. Yeah. I hope not because I really want, I really like this guy. I think he, he could be really good. So uh, go Bray. All right. Next up, we're uh, backstage with AJ Styles and the OC. And out, <laughs> out comes Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. Uh, he asks if the OC would like to help him tomorrow night and pick your poison. Um, you know, Gallows says, hey, we work for cash, but if you need partners, you got it. Boy, are they loading up this NXT to go against Dynamite. Big time. All right. Holy uh, and then you've got uh, AJ versus Dominic coming up next as we go to break. All right. Segment 11. Uh, we've got a vignette for the upcoming crown jewel in two weeks. Uh, they give a, they talk about two of the matches, Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul and Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Um, oops, hang on. All right. All right. So out comes AJ with the good brothers. Um and uh, during that entrance, they announced the OC or they talk about the OC versus Judgment Day at Crown Jewel as well. Don comes out with Judgment Day. And uh, yeah, this entrance was almost as long as a Roman Reigns entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it was like I actually went to the bathroom and came back and Don was just on the turnbuckles. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. wow. And, and I walked from my bedroom here in Saskatoon to the union station in Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, you have to call back to last week's. Yes. Yeah. It's a definite call back from last week. All right. So AJ gets the early advantage as the baby faces are wont to do. Um, But at one point, uh, Rhea gets into AJ's face, distracting him and Dom hits a cross body off the top to the outside. Dom gets the advantage back. Uh, he throws AJ into the ring, gets some ground and pound. Um, AJ comes back with some strikes and a clothesline and a dive on Dom, who has rolled out to the outside. Um, but Dom throws AJ over the barricade as we go to break. All right. Segment 12 back from break. AJ has the advantage and he goes to the top, but Finn distracts the ref and that allows Rhea to knock AJ from the ropes and Dom takes over once again. He hits a clothesline. He hits the three amigos. Um, but uh, AJ comes back with clotheslines of his own and the sliding forearm to get the advantage back. Um, Dom gets a DDT off the top rope, or sorry, off the ropes for two. 
and he drop kicks AJ into the rope, but he misses a six one nine. Um, from that, AJ gets the calf crusher, but Dom gets to the ropes because he has not learned the secret escape from the calf crusher either. Um, <laughs> you mean you mean the just reach over and punch the guy in the head or smash his face into the mat? Yes, I guess he didn't learn that from Uncle Edge. Oops, yeah. blew Oops. that surprise. So uh, Priest and Finn pull Dom from the ring. Uh, AJ goes after Dom. And of course, Priest and Finn and the OC face off. Ref is distracted. Dom gets the roll up, gets the pin. <laughs> the win. And that's it. That's There's- it. Dominic Mysterio beat AJ Styles. Good on what him, I guess. <laughs> Wowie, wow, wow, wow. Heat, Good thing baby. they let that build. Yeah, heat, baby, heat. Um, all right. So backstage, uh, we see John Gar- Johnny Gargano running into the Miz. Johnny Gargano says, I've known Dexter for a long time, and I know the real story between you two. You want out of this match? Just mm-hmm. tell everybody the truth. Um, Miz says that after I beat him, he who shall not be named will be banned forever. And after I've done with him, maybe I have a score to settle with you. And coming up next, they announce Dexter Loomis versus The Miz as we go to break. Segment 13, we get another NXT vignette for tomorrow tomorrow night's Pick Your Poison. Uh, We get a recap of Lashley and Lesnar from the top of the show. Uh, By the way, we didn't talk about this at the beginning. Can we talk about the height that Bobby got on Brock when he knocked him through the barricade? Like, we've seen this barricade smashing spot a zillion times now. But... I've never seen anyone lift Brock Lesnar off his feet as high as he did, as Bobby Lashley did knocking him through the barricade. I thought that was impressive. Dude, those, the, that again, that match is going to be sick. <laughs> it's going to be gross. <laughs> Cannot wait to see that. Um, all right. So Dexter Loomis's music comes up. He comes to the ring, but while he's on the ramp, Miz attacks him from behind with a chair and beats the crap out of him. Then he hits the skull crushing finale on the chair and he walks to the back. That was it. So much for that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got the job done. Got him out of the match. There you go. Um, Byron Saxon is in the back now with damage control. Uh, he can, he congratulates EO and Dakota and asks what's next. Um, Bailey comes in. <laughs> can, can we just, delve on that for a second renee paquette made her way into aw this past week and i watched or i listened to her podcast the sessions we actually aired a clip of it on the main show and she brought up the point of the backstage interviewer in wwe having no job other than to say this just happened what are your thoughts (laughs) this just happened what's next and sure enough, Byron Saxon has been reduced to blah, 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 blah. What's next? What's next? <laughs> well, he did say that. Um, okay. And then mm-hmm. Bailey, um, like all three of them kind of talked, but I'm just going to summarize what Bailey said. Uh, yeah. She says that uh, we're tired of people asking us what's next. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Where's Alexa Bliss? Where's Asuka? Gone. Um, she says, I hope Raquel and Shotzi are watching closely because they don't stand a chance at SmackDown. And she says that she's over what Bianca pulled tonight. She's over what happened in Extreme Rules because she did not pin me. Next week, I'm going to show you what it's like when I'm back in control. And they announced for next week, 
Bailey versus Bianca. All right, then. All right. Up next, they announce Elias returns as we go to break. Okay. Segment 14 back from break. We get a vignette for Halloween Havoc. Um, backstage mids bumps into John Johnny Gargano again. Johnny Gargano says, you think that's going to stop Dexter? The only thing that's going to make him stop is if you give him what you promised. Uh, Miz says that Dexter's not getting a WWE contract anytime soon. And Johnny Gargano says, what's the worst that can happen if you don't tell the truth? So you get canceled. You lose your house. We become the new Miz uh, and Mrs. Um, Miz kind of shuts up. Johnny says, what are you wearing? Johnny says, it's a whistle. And if you don't come clean, I'm going to blow the whistle on you. Okay. Do you have any idea what any of this could be? No, but I'll admit I'm more interested in this than I am the judgment day. Why is Johnny Gargano all of a sudden this impy little stooge, though? <laughs> he comes out, he's like, I'm Johnny Wrestling. I'm going to wrestle. And now he's like, I know something you don't know. I know something you don't know. So now, now he's Johnny Whistleblower. Now he's Johnny. I know something you don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, let's see what happens. You got to watch the show. You got to watch the show. You got to watch um, the show. Okay, and then the announcer makes the announcement duh, that making his return to Raw is the most prolific recording artist in WWE history, <laughs> Elias. I packed my guitar, otherwise I would have totally hit the uh, the upswing on the E minor. But anyway, so Elias comes in. He says, "It's great." Oh, he's, hello, I am Elias. It's great to be back. He says that his younger brother's career was tragically cut short, and that's the reason that he's here. Joe, Uh, Joe, Joe, ladies and gentlemen, a moment of silence for Ezekiel. Thank you. All right. Uh, He says that we have a saying in our family, the show must go on. I have one question for everybody. Who wants to walk with Elias? He says that normally I would start playing a song on the guitar, but I wanted to do something special for Oklahoma City tonight. I've written a song and I wanted to play it on the keys. So please silence your cell phones and uh, hold your applause till I'm done. I don't want to get choked up. And before he starts playing, we hear bro. And <laughs> there's riddle <laughs> with bongos. <laughs> All right. Riddle comes to the ring. He says, Hey, I'm, I'm not here to interrupt you. I'm a huge Elias fan. And when Zeke was around, I would get Zeke out. I brought my bongos. You want to hit my bong? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And then Riddle starts singing. Um, I'll walk with Elias. There we go. Um, I love Corey, line, uh, Corey Graves' line of, you know, Jack, Jack Black. It must be pretty upset. Um, what? Jack Black. You mean Jack White? Jack White. Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking he uh, says, he says, I I'll never forgive Jack White Jack, for <laughs> that's creating right. that riff or whatever, but <laughs> I like the idea of Jack black now though. <laughs> All right. Elias says, uh, I appreciate you being a fan, but you've got a big match coming up. So I'll tell you what, take a front 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 row seat with your bongos. I got a special song for Oklahoma. I'm going to play this song. Ugh. <laughs> This went this went from one of my most anticipated segments of the night to when is this going to end? <laughs> so in essence, Riddle sits down, Elias starts playing, Riddle kind of starts playing the and bopping. That was just very strange and thank God 
we hear Seth Rollins music and Seth comes out and we have that coming up next. Okay. Um, none of that made sense. None of it made sense. None Although it, like to have Elias come back to pre-promote it for a week and have it turn into that. What the ever loving H man. Well, it, it, as we'll see, it got even more confusing moving forward ish kind of now that said one thing about the, the keyboard playing, cause Elias did play the key keys a little bit. And I don't mean this as an insult. It was just something I noticed. Um, I could tell that he's still learning and he seemed a little nervous cause his fingers were kind of shaky. Um, and I, I know what that feels like having played recitals from in the, in the past. So I, you know, kudos to Elias for, for trying that out. I'm glad you had that moment to bond with him. So there you go. All right. Segment 15. We are back from break and we have our main event title or main event match for the United States championship. Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle with Elias at ringside again. What? Um, Riddle went for the triangle early, but Rollins made the rope. Um, Riddle hits a bunch of offense. He gets some kicks in the corner. He gets a gut wrench, but Seth gets the advantage with a chop to the throat. Uh, and he hits a suplex for two. Um, Riddle throws Seth out of the ring with a Hurricane Rana, uh, who avoids a floating bro um, by running out of the way. Seth gets in Elias's face, and Elias hits him with a knee, knocking down Seth on the outside because the ref's distracted. And this brings us to break. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have hit blessed segment 16. Oh. Sega. <laughs> Sega. <laughs> Another callback, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Back from break. Seth has the advantage uh, with a, uh, and he hits a kick for two. Um, then they show kind of what happened during the break where Seth hit a double stomp on Riddle in the ropes. That looked pretty good. Um, Seth goes for the stomp, like the curb stomp, but Riddle hits a Pele and forearms in the corner and an exploder and a Broton. But uh, as Riddle goes for the Broton. Seth gets the knees up. Um, Riddle eventually does go to the top and he hits the floating bro and gets a two count for that. Um, Seth hits a rolling forearm, but Riddle gets a ripcord knee to the jaw and a bro Derek for another two count. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to fast forward here. Seth goes to the top rope, goes for frog splash, but Riddle gets the triangle. Um, this actually was a really cool sort of segment in the match. Rollin tries to break the hold with a series of power bombs, but he eventually makes the ropes and he rolls outside the ring where he yells at Elias, hit me, hit me, but Elias won't do it. So he super kicks Elias. Um, Seth comes back in the ring. Riddle hits the Randy Orton power slam and the second rope DDT. And as he sets up for the RKO, uh, Elias runs in. Seth pushes Riddle into Elias, and then he hits a curb stomp on Riddle for the pin and the win. Elias gets into the ring. Seth gets a curb stomp on him. And after the match, Seth goes to do another curb stomp on Riddle on the belt. But Mustafa Ali comes out of nowhere, and he basically attacks Rollins, hits him with a spinning kick, and then a a tope outside the ring. Uh, He clotheslines Rollins over the barricade. Rollins runs through the crowd and holds up the belt as the show ends. Yeah. Excuse me. Holy cow. Yeah, that was a thing. Um, Thoughts overall on this raw? 
there's a lot going on. I, yeah. you know what? I, I didn't like, I didn't have a problem with a lot of it. I thought it was entertaining, but I think we're getting to a point and we may have actually gotten to this point three weeks ago, but we're getting to a point where it's like, okay, judgment day, damage control, Seth, right. damage control, judgment day, Seth, Seth. Right. Da- you know what I mean? Like we're seeing the same acts over and over again. I need a break from some of this stuff because it's just getting. Well, you got a wrestling God and the next coming of the wrestling God. And you know what? As much as I don't like, like those two guys, I appreciate that it was something different. So I'm cool with that. Right. But, but again, it's like, you know, judgment day, we rule raw damage control. We're in control. Seth, you know, innovator whatever revolutionary ah, it's like <laughs> yeah exactly right so we're starting to see a lot a lot of the same stuff now and it's just like i'm it's starting to get a little hard to watch <laughs> like you know okay well you know what though i mean that might translate into next week i i think that there are some storylines that are still fun to watch for some people like the the ms dexter thing okay now we have a new grain of you know there's a new conversation thread and what is this secret that Miz apparently you know yep, yep. could be canceled over and whatever I mean who cares but but honestly it's it's something at least it's something to well I mean you you've got you've got Brock and Bobby that's interesting um like and again it, it's not that I don't like or dislike Seth or damage control or judgment day it's just yeah. I'm starting to get I'm starting to get burned out on them I right I get it um and especially since we watch the show every week right so well you know what joe you just gotta look at watching raw sometimes like a mop (laughs) because sometimes a raw is gonna get filled with crud and grime and hairballs and then you gotta wring out that mop sometimes sometimes life will require more than a mop that's why we bring you Tuesday Morning Call. That's it, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't change the channel.